you've always lived in New Jersey, is that correct? Or Yeah, I never got out. What the hell? What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> I, I think uh, because I tour so much over the years and stuff, I never really got sick. Well, I guess. Uh, I, when you, you know, I never got sick of it. And where I live is pretty nice. It's, it's not... Uh, yeah, it's not like the Sopranos or Jersey Shore. Right. Nice I, I would ne I wouldn't know. I'm actually from Canada, right in the in the prairies, the flat prairies. So I don't see anything really like that at all. So I, I'd like to go out there in New Jersey on the East Coast and right. everything one day. That's but. cool. It's nice, you know. It's nice trees, a lot of trees. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Well, yeah. The other things, I guess, just to jump right in more here. Um, you're you're releasing uh, the imagining of last reimagining re of last patrol here pretty soon. Just maybe some questions about that. Uh, um, sure. Yeah. So, what is the, I guess what is the reasoning or what is the what was the thought of of that whole thing? You're, I hear you're not you're saying it's not a remix. It's more of a. It's like, definitely not a re. I mean, uh, it's not a remix because I track so much new stuff to it. You know. Okay. Change so much stuff around that I had a hard time figuring out what to call it. You know. Right. I mean, I guess I could call it different versions, but it didn't sound good. Um, I get you. Uh, it, it if it was one or two songs, it'd be one thing. But I did the whole record, so it's simply reimagined. Meaning, I took part of the music. Some of the some of the bits of music in there like a like a bridge like you know a part bridge part maybe a minute long part okay and turn that into the whole song one uh one series of notes that used to go by for 30 seconds now goes by for like you know two minutes oh okay okay all on top of that so basically i'm just using parts and melody lines that were on last patrol okay and turning them into somewhat different songs familiar but somewhat different songs that are all kind of tied together to a theme anyway. Right. I, I think that I think that, that qualifies as reimagining something. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Well, I've, I've also heard you say something about, like, it has more of a, like, is, is of an older feel? Like, I, I haven't heard it yet myself. I was hoping to get a copy, but... Yeah, totally. It, 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 it happened, like, really, really quickly where it just, it just started sounding older and older. I wanted to use uh, instruments that I'm not, that I don't use a lot. Like I wanted to feature organs, okay, and stuff that I've used in the past, but not as a feature instrument. I see. Okay, and, uh, so I started putting on these '60s organs, and all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, this really sounds '60s. And does and does that make it sound that more, way? Is it make it more like trippy, psychedelic at all? Or I, it, no, I just definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's kind of the feeling when you tell me that. That's kind of what I, I kind of imagine a little bit, especially coming from you guys, obviously. But it's also smaller too, meaning. There's not as many big dashy guitars on it. Okay. So you start taking away the big, um, the, you know, the big cruncher chords and replacing them with skinnier little squirrely fuzz guitars. Right. Put in the organ, and the thing takes on a, an, an identity that's that's very much different from from the Last Patrol stuff. Okay. Familiar because a lot of it's the same notes, but different in a way. And then I went with it from there. I was like, I'm going to treat this as most of the stuff is 60s as possible, meaning I'm going to mix it that way, I'm going to pan okay. drums left and right, uh, the whole way, treat the vocals the way uh, vocals were treated back then. Sometimes it was just like kind of up front and just a lot of verb. Right, okay. What to do, it's like being a mad scientist. Yeah, no, that, but it's, but like the one thing with you guys, like no matter what albums you've had over the, the 25 years or whatever it's been, you can always you can always tell it's a monster magnet album. So even though it's quite reimagined and quite different within what you're saying, when you listen to it, you it, it, when I listen to it, it's still going to sound. Hey, this is monster magnet. Obviously, just yeah. 
a new album. That's I mean, obviously you always want to go for that, but you don't want to copy, you know, keep repeating yourself either. Which I, you know, you guys always have that sound and feel, but I still feel you change it up quite a bit. Obviously, uh, I change. You know, it's like you can't. It's weird being a you know like a songwriter for more than like a couple records, which is something I never really expected to do. I <laughs> right. started this, I never expected to write you know, 200 songs or whatever. I, yeah. I didn't think I'd make it past two. Right, right. But, and, and you're right, it always does sound the same because it's coming from the same writer. Right. Well, that kind of leads me then, yeah, that leads me to the next question then. I, I didn't know how you guys normally do that. Are you the one who writes always, like always has write, wrote most of the music, most of the songs, with the new guys coming in and out, or does everyone get involved a little? Uh, people get involved here and there, but most of the time I tell you I'm so on top of it that I'm the guy. Okay. Like, from the very beginning I was the guy that, that, you know, stayed after practice and wrote more. Okay. And took it home and worked on it there and then, you know, told everybody the next day, oh, we got a whole new song. And, Sweet. Okay. And uh, I was kind of a leader in that respect just because I was so, I'm such a mutant. I'm so into it. You right. know, I can't leave it alone. Oh, that's and that's that's beautiful, and that's why you're amazing, and I think that's why you're still doing it twenty, you know, this many years later. It's fun, man. I mean, making music is yeah. making music is the ultimate uh, like therapy for me. I think. I, I think if I didn't make music, I'd be just like a criminal or something. Right, right, and that's keep, you know, yeah. It just keeps all the it keeps everything firing. You know, it's like looking after like cooking a good meal or something. Oh, it's got to be good. You got to pay attention to it. You know, that's really really cool. Yeah, for your head. That's 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 awesome. I mean, I I play a little guitar, but uh, obviously nothing like like what you guys do and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I kind of know the feeling, but uh, yeah, that's and we're thankful that you keep doing it for sure. So, <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. Um, yeah. Um, so in the recording of, I guess I'm gonna I was gonna go to Last Patrol and and the new one. You kind of already answered the new one. I was gonna also just go with Last Patrol. Was there any other differences in the recording there? That you guys did that you never done in the past, or is it was it you guys basically do yeah, the same actually, kind of yeah? In Last Patrol, like this, this kind of explains something about uh, the reimagining Milk and the Stars as well. Okay, on Last Patrol was the first record that I've uh, since Spina Gone, I think that I really did completely in my hometown. Okay, on uh, almost on my own own hours. Uh, there wasn't, uh, I didn't hire any big outside studio engineer. Right. I did it mostly as a kind of a, a, a new a, a new slash old way of working, which is treated like a demo, but recorded really, really well. Right, okay. And recorded it at, at uh, right here in New Jersey, you know, most of the guitars and vocals about two blocks from my house. Sweet. At Phil Cavano's Studio 13. Uh, Phil Cavano's a... Uh, Guitar player in Monster Magnet. Right, he's been and in there since like '98. Fantastic engineer. So I was like, screw it, man. It's like I want to make stuff that's really kind of homegrown. Sounds like it's been cared for, not super slick, but also not completely shitty demo either. Have some sort of a um, a hybrid between um, you know the demo kind of spontaneity, but with the fidelity of a major record. Right, okay. And the only way you could do that is to experiment. And the only way to really experiment like that without going broke is to do it in your hometown on your own time. And that's what, I, I think without me doing Last Patrol in that way, and, and the music, you can hear the difference in the music, the guitar tone sounds mm -hmm. different, the whole thing sounds different. Right. Without having that place to go 
to, I probably wouldn't have done this reimagining. Right, okay, okay. It's as much fun. Right. So it wasn't that you were disappointed in any way with Last Patrol or anything like that because of the reimagining. It wasn't... Because, I mean, the, to me, Last Patrol was an ama- is an amazing album. I, it's one of my oh, favorites. You know, I, yeah, the reimagining was not, did not come out of disappointment at all. Okay. That, that, that's definitely not that. It, that's not it. I'm not trying to, like, you know, say, hey, look, I could do it better. It's not that at all. Really, it was just an excuse for me play around and middle around yeah that's mess around in the studio and go for a different vibe um okay I like the music on Last Patrol very much I think Last Patrol is a fine album this isn't supposed to be in direct competition with it okay this is just more it's like an alternative universe in comic books you know he'll have like the Marvel Universe and they'll be like oh well there's another universe and it's kind of the same but it's different right okay what, what, what I did it for is like if you like uh, if somebody likes Last Patrol, I can't see how they won't at least appreciate Milking the Stars. Right, okay. It's just another vibe. It's like, hey, uh, you know, something like if, when you're sick of Last Patrol and the next time you come back to listen to Last Patrol, put this on instead and see what happens. It's weird. It's like hearing different versions of uh, of classical music. I mean, you know, I listen to classic, classical music all the time and I'll listen to one conductor's version Right, Beethoven's Symphony, as opposed to another conductor's version, and I listen to cover songs all the time too because I want to see how that was approached. Right, okay. And sometimes these guys take wild chances. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's the risk I took with here was going right, and then putting it out and people going, "Well, this is totally unnecessary. What the fuck?" You know, right, right. You ruined everything. Exactly, exactly. You ruined it. But I don't think the world works that way anymore. Right. You know what I mean, it's it's not like I mean with internet. And digital music, the music lasts forever. Exactly. I would love it uh, if, you know, this, is, this, this kind of music is made for people who really, really like Monster Magnet and they're going to want it. But it's really not for anybody else besides somebody who likes Last Patrol. I mean, I think it'll stand on its own. Right. But it's one of those things where if it comes out and people go, why? They'll forget the why after its release date. And maybe two, three years down the line, they'll go, what the hell is this Milk in the Stars thing? And they'll pick it up and go, this is a trip. What the hell's going on here? Instrumentals. Right, right. Um, instrumentals, it kind of sounds like that song. What's going on here? I think it's definitely worth doing. Right. And I'll do it more because if it's quality music, um, it deserves to be out there. I mean, these sounds are really cool. I mean, I, I, you know, you'll see when you hear it. You know, it's not just a bullshit. It's not a bullshit remix at all. Right, and I and like I say, I wouldn't lot expect of, that love. from you guys. But no, that's I'm super excited to hear it. I, I, I'm positive. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I will enjoy it for sure because I pretty much love all all the Monster Magnet stuff. That's why I uh, I jumped at the chance of being the one that for Doomed and Stone to be able to talk to you here. So that's <laughs> yeah, I'm super pumped oh. to hear it. Um, so do do you guys have lots of plans to tour? For I know you're not you're not a big fan of touring anymore. Or I've kind of read that a couple I, I, places. I tour all the time. I'm just not a big fan of like uh, of um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of going places where we can't uh, can't sustain. Right. Okay. Can't sustain. You know, I I can't pay the guys and stuff like this. So I go I go right. where you know we we get the, I can pay everybody and have a tour. So I go to Europe a lot because Europe is really good for psych music. Right. That is very true. Europe, you know, psychedelic music is still. Very, very good. We do really well there. Uh, and we do the States from time to time. We were supposed to do Canada last year, but I got the flu on the last 
yeah. last like week of the tour where we were supposed to like it, actually we did Canada we did we did Vancouver you did Vancouver actually um, the guys from there's a band from Lachinga there that was telling me that that was one of the best gigs they've ever seen in a long long time oh awesome and then I have I, mean, I love Canada I love Vancouver I've been to Vancouver a million times it was great but we didn't get to Toronto because I got sick right right so we're gonna try to make it up this coming here. You okay, and that actually someone asked me, asked them if they're gonna make up that, those dates and I was just like, Oh, we'll see I if am, that comes up. So um that is kind of why, you know, us up here in Canada sometimes we get we lose that. Uh, you know, some of the touring bands don't come up here as much. Um but I, I find that Stoner Rock the live, yeah, the live rock and roll situation in the United States is pretty bad. You know, it's been we're getting worse over the years. Right, um, right. The culture, you know, the kind of an on-demand culture. Um, people want what they want when they get it. They don't make appointments to see things as much as before. Not as many people go out to shows because you know they're inside or they're out on the phones or something. So yeah, that whole kind of uh, suffering here. Oh, I'm breaking. You're breaking up on me here. I wonder what's. Yeah. Hello. Better now. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, no, that's that. Yeah. Okay, no, sorry. Um, I was just actually going to, like, have you, do you find, though, recently, I would say over the last year or so, the whole psychedelic rock, stoner rock, that whole kind of scene is coming, I feel, coming back a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm just right in it. And so I was kind of hoping... Oh, it's fucking awesome. No, I totally agree. Okay. I totally good. agree. Yeah. Um, it's coming back through the artists. Definitely. Um, is it coming back through lots of fans? I don't know. So that's, and a good that's point. the problem. It's like, how can you get a physical scene to support this wave of music? It's going to be. It's really important now to for bands like that to get together and play as much as possible and try to get as many people out because it, the, it's so important that there's an audience for this stuff. Um, yeah, and it's again, believe me, Europe. You know, Europe is fantastic. I love the records that have been. I mean, the records that have been coming out for the last couple of years totally surprising me. Right. And I'm loving it. Like, it just, to me, it reminds me a lot of, to me, and hopefully it it's not, hasn't exploded like that yet, but it, there's a there's a feel of it, especially even over in the Portland area, and, you know, with your guys' kind of music that I feel is, is coming back almost like the mid, you know, early 90s there. Obviously, it hasn't exploded like that yet. I, I'm hoping like, that happens, but, you know, that's kind of one I of the get, things. I get the same feeling, too. You know, I, what it means is, like, the people who really care about music are are trying as hard as they ever could. Um, right. And I think there's starting to, there's like a little backlash against uh, the basic uh, you know, kind of crap right. that's been coming out for the past bunch of years. It's been kind of like no scene at all. Um, exactly. And yeah, it does kind of remind me of the 90s. I would love to think that that, that, that stuff could sustain itself and at least one of these records would like break over over the alternative wall or the metal wall and appeal to more people. Exactly. And I, just, just so we could say that it made a mark, you know? Uh, no, I and I, I hear that. I mean, over at Doomed and Stoned, that's who I, I'm doing this for. Um, it's just a small internet, you know, site, and they got, we got a, a podcast and stuff, but that is exactly what we're trying to do, kind of bring the underground bands to the to the underground, really. And 
you know, you you guys there, Monster Magnet, to, uh, to the, the scene that's out there that we're trying to grow, I would say are like the fathers or the godfathers, or whatever the word is. I'm sure you must have heard this kind of stuff before. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and that, do, you, do you feel that? Do you, do you see, do you guys think that you, like, do you feel that you are the leaders of that kind of, that whole scene, really, bringing it back from the 90s? Um, not leaders, but I definitely feel like I've been doing it longer. Right. You know I mean? Like, I, I um, because I have. Yes. Uh, it's it, it's uh it's weird being like we're just a little bit ahead of the curve in some of those in some respects. Well, think about um, Spine of God and Dopes to Infinity, like yeah, those albums it's, now are like everyone now is like wow those are those are fucking killer like those are the best albums there is you know. Um, right. Do you, do you feel that they like I I I don't feel I feel like they have a better reaction now than they did when they came out. Do you feel that or is that am I? Oh, Totally, yeah. When that stuff came out, it was like, I mean, Spider God made a couple lists, you know, made right. a couple lists and some indie papers, and and I really loved the reviews and stuff. But it went to no one. Yeah. Now it's 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 you know it took a while. That's the, the way this kind of music is, though. You know, if it's not chart driven or pop driven, right? Or you know, straight down the metal ghetto, like you know, right to the right to the conservative metal, John John John, right. Um, then those guys don't know what to do with it. I mean, the metal guys, which unfortunately is some sometimes it's the only place you could sell loud music. Right. Is you know, oh, your loud music will put you in the metal section. But I've discovered uh, over the years, at least in the past, that the metal guys are very conservative. You know, they're very they're like country and western in their in their attitude. Like that ain't metal. Yeah. You no, know, what's this pussy shit? Yeah, they, you know it's kind of a boys' club, and it's very restrictive. And, it, and actually, they they, they kind of make idiots out of themselves with their restrictions. Oh, so, you know what I mean? It's like, I totally. And uh, I'm like, dude, there's, there's, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's room enough for all different kinds of loud music. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think the people out there really give a shit about your rules about what's metal and what's not. I mean, it's not Beavis and Butthead. It's not fucking, you know. Metalocalypse. Yeah, no, I that that whole mentality that you just said just described the scene that I have even in my own town here. For as far as I can remember, I've I always love all loud music and heavy music, even metal. But I've always been more the guy who I was into, you know, the stoner rock, the hard rock, the grunge. I I mean, I'm heavy too. You know, I'm but I was never the metal guy. But always here in the circle was always like, oh man, you're not metal enough for us, man. And I was just like. like <laughs> Like, I still go to your guys' metal shows, I still enjoy them, I just enjoy this other stuff with a little bit more, you know, melody, a little bit more, you know, they're still mean, they're still, t like, I don't know, like, let's go do, we're still smoking the bong, we're still, you know, like, I don't know what your guys' problem is, but I think they're just... I, I don't know what the problem is either, I think it's kind of like a boys club, it's, yeah. uh, they have more to do with kind of a jock mentality than they do with, a, with an artistic mentality. Exactly. They, no. Like, they're more physical about how they represent stuff. They don't dream as much, and it's funny because they think they do. They go like, "We're metal. We could be dreaming about fantasy, and we do all this stuff." And it's like, "No, you don't. You know, you're like, yeah. you're the guys that read the stupidest comic books. <laughs> right, you know, right. You're the guys that read the stupidest and watch the stupidest movies. Yeah. Oh man, I... it'll be. You have the potential to be everything, but you choose to close it off because of your rules. Like I said, it's a boys' club. Yeah. And uh, that's really dangerous because when you start excluding. Women from the equation of music, right? You're making a big mis you're making a big mistake. Monster Magnet. I mean, 
not that I'm any better than any of these bands I'm talking about. Right. We, I always wrote and made music that could, that I, I tried for women, for women to be able to enjoy. Right. And that's a big part of our crowd. It is women. It's not just, you know, sweaty guys. It's not like Metallica show. Right, exactly. It's a big difference in how, we're, in how we're accepted over there. And it's like, you know, the, but, the metal guys just got to chill out. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's changing, dude. I think it's, I think it really is changing. Um, when you look at bands like, or look at labels like Nuclear Blast. Right. Signing, signing uh, the Blues Pills. Yeah, you know, like blues pills, or you know, it's like it's starting to change. I love the blues pills are rad too. Yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, and so Napalm Records, you guys are with on them now, and how's that working yeah. out for you? It's okay, you know. I don't. I, it's it's funny. I don't pay as much attention to. Doesn't matter as much. Anymore. I'm on anymore as long as they like you know come up with the promotion. Right. And they give me the money to make the records, and then you know it kind of deals it's like a business deal. Okay. Their profile. Right. Um, their profile, like, oh, you're on Napalm, what does that mean? Yeah. Now I think, you know, it's like, what does that mean? I don't think there is any record company in the world that I would rather, that I would choose over one over the other, um, unless I was going to create my own. Right, okay. In the end, it's your music, and your music is all that really matters. They're not really doing a whole... They're not telling you what to do anymore at this point. I wouldn't... Oh, no, no, no. Right. Yeah, so really, you're right. They're they're like, you want to come over here and do business with us? It's fine. Right, right. Yeah, I guess once you've done what you've done, that uh, it changes a little bit like that, for sure. Yeah, it changes. It's not like in the old days when I was on A&M, and we had to, you know, uh, you know, then, then we were in the... We were in the big, you know, with the big boys, with the big album sellers, and there was... Stuff like Cheryl Crow and, and right. you know, it was like, well, you have to wait because Cheryl Crow's coming out. There, I was like, oh boy, we have nothing to do with Cheryl. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it was back when Soundgarden was making records in that one sweet spot in the '90s where rock was actually doing well. Yes, great. And then when it started to switch over, yeah, I don't know why it has the to rock market started to switch over more to um, new metal. Right. Uh, that's when things got squirrely for Magnet there and Marilyn Manson as well and a lot of a lot of those bands started having a hard time because new metal was taking over right yeah it always goes in these cycles that's why I'm hoping this is back to the cycle that I enjoy the most which is obviously me too I mean I, and so far so good man I mean there's a lot of a lot of cool records now yeah, exactly. Um, another couple. I know you probably have a have to go here in a couple minutes here, but uh, one question I had a buddy here. He wanted. To, he asked me. He said, "Can you ask him what his uh, what if, what he did to get the tripped out vocals on Spine of God? Uh, did Did you do anything oh, yeah, specifically?" Oh, easy. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's easy. It's like I knew it. I did a couple of different tracks, and one was like a straight track with no effects on it you know just to have it straight and then I would double that very very carefully with a track of vocals that were affected with a delay okay and then another track with a vocal that was very very carefully doubled with like a say like a flanger or something on it okay just kind of play those effects to the song I mean you could put it on afterwards which nowadays you could do it in Pro Tools like no problem. Right, just put it on and put the, just the vocal on. Yeah, you could put it on. But there's something about actually tracking that way that kind of makes the uh, kind of makes it work. Okay. That's really fun. I love doing effects. The 
basketball. Well, that's, I mean, for, you know, for the guys that love, obviously, the stoner rock, and, I mean, whether it's because of that name has been dubbed because of most of us, or not all of us, obviously, but a lot of us do like to, you know, dabble in some things, and that kind of messes with your head a little bit. Monster Magnet oh, has yeah. always done that beautifully for me, so <laughs> I I love those well, things. That's what I try to do, man. It's like, I like, I'm an audio guy, right? I spent the years when I was between, like, 14 and 17. Right. Just doing nothing but buying huge bags of weed, concert tickets, albums. <laughs> when I wasn't, like, working in the afternoon to get the money to get those things, I was either going to shows or sitting in front of stereo for, like, six hours at a time, smoking weed, just listening to those records. That's all I did when I was a kid. Right. That's all about the music. And uh, when I started making records myself, I was like, I want that. Exactly, yes. And, you know, I, I remember not just the sound, but the feeling that those records had. I mean, some of those records in the early 70s are really fucking cool. I mean, they, they still haven't been beat for actual atmosphere. Oh, there's there's tons of... I'm still finding more all the time of, of stuff that I can go back from there that I just, holy crap, what is this? You know, the treasure, there's nothing cooler than finding new slash old stuff like old stuff cool stuff that you never heard before you're like it's like being an anthropologist and digging up some like fucking hidden UFO you're yeah. Like, yeah you know um, exactly so such a really cool phase of psychedelic music was that that late 69 to about 74 period and that's when I used to immerse myself in that and that's where I got the all, all the ideas for tripped out stuff listen to the Hawkman records and yes. Duel and and all that kind of stuff, the stuff that drove me wild as a kid. And yeah, that stuff still does it for me, too. So, no, I, I hear that totally. For I tell you, I mean, there's an identity, a unique individual identity to each of those records from back then. Yes. And a lot of modern records don't share. Even modern stoner records, I mean, there's a standardization of equipment that goes on now. Right. There's true. a certain commonality between all the records. You didn't get that in the seventies. Each record sounded, you know, for better or worse, completely different from the other one. Like different guitar sounds, different drum sounds, a whole different vibe. Right. Um, that's because they were working with different gear, older gear. Yeah, no, and that's, that's what I do. I, I work with like almost exclusively old gear. Yeah, I'm hearing more and more people doing that too. Just trying to get because they love that sound so much. Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, that's. Mm -hmm. That's what you. Should, that's what you should do. Uh, you guys have also Not only that too, but because because the old gear has certain imperfections, it forces you to play. Okay. A certain way, it subtly it, it subtly changes how you approach um, your playing, and it there's a struggle to it. It's not as easy. You don't have as much sustain with those old amps. Uh, right. You can play a little different, and when the whole record is done, it has a character that wouldn't have been there if you if you just would like, you know, plug and play a bunch of modern stuff. Right. And, and you can hear plug and play modern stuff all the time. It just sounds very zizzy. You know, mm -hmm. you don't hear any depth in it. Exactly. So with that, with the depth thing, what about vinyl records? That's a big thing going on again now. Yeah, uh, well, some of it sounds great. Some of it sounds like crap. I think it really, it's not the vinyl that makes it sound good. It's, I love that you just said that. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, it, it really is. I mean, at one point there was a thing, right? Way vinyl sounded, but that had m as much to do with the mastering, the old vinyl mastering, um, right? Lathes and also the analog studios. If you take 
any of those components out and you just put it on vinyl, it's really not going to change the sound that much. Oh, I, but there seems to be there seems to be the whole romantic notion that if it's on vinyl, it's going to sound better. But I don't believe it. Yeah, I'm 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 actually a hundred percent with that. I'm a big digital guy now. I've been I've always stuck with that. But everyone's telling me, you know, I don't like you don't like the music as much if you don't like the vinyl. I said, no, I like the music. Not you know, I, I don't hate vinyl. I, I mean, I I just appreciate music no matter what it's on, really. But exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, you're using your head. Right. Uh, some people like. Well, I have I have people that tell me that I'm not a big fan of these guys if I don't get.